Welcome to an all new Odds Checker podcast, a new product for you all where I'm sat opposite a professional punter. We're going to be joined every week to go through his best bets and learn more about how to bet professionally. The man sitting opposite me is Adam Cheng. Adam, we've been friends for a while. You actually gave me my first job um, in, uh, in gambling or in any job for, for that matter. Tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, yes, I've been punting on my own for a couple of years now. Um, I've been in the industry for many years. Um, if you go all the way back to the start, um, when I was growing up, uh, my best mate's dad was a bookie. And so I spent many hours of youth um, in his shop <laughs> betting on the racing and, uh, and uh, the football. As, football all, as all shrewdly start, I think, in the shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, 17, yeah. 18. On the older, the super soccer coupons. You know, you took the, <laughs> the carbon. It's probably a bit before I think I was only about nine years old then. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Took the older... The sheet, um, yeah, brilliant, good days. And then, um, yeah. A uh, few play spots? A few, few play spots, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah always around there watching the racing, brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, but obviously I was a big football fan at that time as well. So, um, yeah, more interested in betting on the football, really, on the coupons every weekend. Um, yeah, went to university, played a lot of online poker for university. Did a, um, a master's course in... Um, sociology sport which was basically I focused on gambling um, and that led to um, well it was a dream job at the time for uh, a high-end bookie in town in London um, I was there for eight years five as head of football trading um, so I was overseeing the football business for them uh, doing their prices and doing a bit of prop trading as well so punting their money um, into the market um, so that was good and that run its course after those eight years I learned a lot in that time um and yeah after that i sort of did my yeah wanted to focus on my own betting so i went my own way where like how did you go from being presumably a bit of a mug in a betting shop <laughs> um it was at tunbridge wells to uh, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. to being a, a, a pro punter was, was it the course you did was it maybe the poker you played where um, do you think that the kind it was of kind of everything sort of helped um i'd say more it was kind of my early years um working for the bookmaker really um a lot of our punters were shrewd and knew their stuff and I got to learn a lot about the industry how it all worked and how prices worked and how to make money basically um and yeah obviously like I like to think I've got quite good knowledge of football myself so yeah sort of applying my knowledge to yeah the betting um served me in good stead yeah and like before we're going to talk a bit before we get onto your tips so Adam's going to give us four tips and um, we'll do do a Premier League one, a Championship one, which is fair to say are your two main leagues. Yeah. Uh, and then a goals-related bet. And then we're going to look at a, a kind of maybe a fancy team to, to leave out uh, this weekend. But firstly, something that's um, that always interests me about your betting, because mm. um, we've known each other for what, five or six years now, yeah. is a lot of people, a lot of shrewdies out there, who maybe those are listening to this as well, will think that anyone who thinks you can win money uh, betting on Premier League football is a mug which I know is something you do, you do not subscribe to. No, no, no. I, I've made most of my money down the years on, on Premier League, Championship, Major, European Leagues, Champions League, World Cup, Euros. Um, uh, all football. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no. Just, just I mean, really just the, uh, the leagues I can really watch. Um, so I watch as much football as I can. Every live game, if I'm not in, I'll record it and watch it later. Um, go back and watch reruns of, of, of every game, basically. And, uh, yeah, come to my own sort of qualitative conclusions really um i mean i do use sort of stats and numbers as well but um they're kind of more of a, a starting point um i mean each, each of their own like different gamblers have different sort of ways of doing it but yeah mine is kind of watching the games and coming to my own conclusions really yeah hoping to have an edge on the market i mean the, the, as you say the, the the top level markets are 
very efficient. Um, but you know, we've got we've got the the, the chance of of choosing the bets that we have, as in, so we can choose where we think that the price is wrong. Um, they're not all going to be completely efficient all the time. Um, so if we pick the ones that aren't, then we'll make money. And, and on the data side, because obviously you say you use stats, but some pros out there are so reliant on them. Do you think that the fact that there are more stats involved, I mean, obviously shot data is now a huge thing in pricing up markets. Yeah. Does that almost open up an edge if you think that it's, mo- if mo- it's moved too far a certain way? Absolutely correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the prices these days are, are, as you say, sort of derived from those stats. And if we can look beyond them, then I think we've, we've got an advantage there. Right, so we're going to now talk about a couple of, of, of your previous punting stories. Um, fair to say there are a few of them. And, and if anyone listening wants to ask Adam any questions, um, just make sure you tweet us at OddsChecker. And then next week we can ask, um, we can ask him to, to run through or answer any of those. But firstly, let's talk about an anti-post bet you had yeah. um, a couple of seasons ago, um, where I think the final day was fairly dramatic. It was, yeah. It was the Toon Army to win the uh, championship. <laughs> Um, yeah, people were saying that they were kind of one of the best teams to to ever play in the championship in the last 20 years. Um, so yeah, I had a big big bet on them. Uh, had a big single at the start of the season and had a couple of sort of big doubles with other things that had gone in by the time we got to the last day of the season. So I had Newcastle to return 60 grand. And uh, yeah, they, how much? 60 grand. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they had to go to they had Barnsley at home and Brighton, their nearest challengers, had Villa away. And uh, we had to better Brighton's result, basically. Um, so we were 3-0 up inside the first half. So that was our job done. So, um, yeah, we needed Brighton to slip up at Villa. Um, so early in the second half, uh, Brighton take the lead. Villa have a man sent off. So we're, we're heartbroken on the sofa watching the scores. <laughs> um, uh, throwing away the betting slip. Um, 90th minute, um, Jeff Stelling, there's been a goal at Villa Park. <laughs> It's 1-1. One, one. <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> running around the room, going mad, basically. And, and what, what was the goal for anyone else? Yeah, oh yeah, and the goal, exactly. Well, the goal was, um, so Greece has had a shot from about 25 yards. Um, you or I could have had a cup of tea before saving it. Um, David Stockdale, the Brighton keepers, decided to, uh, to, to not save it and he, you know, basically throw it in his own net um, and gift Newcastle the title and me 60 grand. So, yeah. is, that, is, that, is that the biggest win? That, that, was, that was the biggest win, yeah. That was definitely the biggest and definitely the most dramatic. But also, it wasn't one of the doubles you had, uh, Pompey, to win their league as well. Yeah, that was, yeah. And, and amazingly, the, yeah, so the double would have probably been about, I don't know, maybe sort of five to four and three to one or something like that at the start of the season. Maybe a bit bigger ports and four to one. But um, yeah, but four weeks to go at the end of the season. They were both 33s, both 33s and both copped. Um, yeah, with some amazing sort of results and other teams stepping <laughs> up at the end of the season. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was good, that. You make your own luck in this game, don't you? You do, you do, you do. Well, you have to, you have to take every bit of luck that comes your way because, yeah. Well, there aren't many of them. <laughs> well, no, it's, I mean, the, the industry takes your money as much as it can. So those, those breaks you get, you've got you to get the money. <laughs> and they can't get it back. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, I mean, what's the bet that sticks out for you uh, in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident when I say that when you, when you first started the high-end bookmaker, when you, when you were doing your degree or whatever, when you're playing yeah. poker, the staking has probably changed, judging that you had that, you know, that, all that for 60 grand. What was the bet that sticks in your mind as being the transformative one from, from a recreational punter to a pro? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, when you're working for a bookmaker, you're kind of, I think everyone's in this boat, like that your staking increases as you, as you sort of, you know, learn more. Um, but I, I decided to try and go as aggressive as possible. Um, 
um, sort of a philosophy that I've sort of kept going, really. Um, but, yeah, the t- 2010 World Cup um, was the biggest one in terms of it was a big event. You know, I, I had a really strong view um, that Spain were going to win it. Um, and, yeah, I had a, had a big bet on them. What price of, were they? Yeah, about 5 to 1, 5 to 1, 11 to 2. Yeah, so I had three grand um, on them. That was a massive bet for me at the time. So it was my first five-figure win. Um, and, yeah, it was massive for my gambling career, that. Yeah, and what was it, reactions there? It's a similar story? Yeah, it was a similar story, although sort of a bit less dramatic than the Newcastle win. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was good. I was working the late shift um, for the final. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was, that was more running around the room uh, when, uh, yeah, when, when Iniesta notched the, <laughs> notched the winner in extra time. Yeah. I've seen a couple of those runs in my time uh, watching football with you, and that's <laughs> something to behold. Uh, are there any, you like... You have to enjoy it, don't you? you yeah, have you to have enjoy. to. I mean, that, that's the crucial thing, and, and I think that, you know, we can only... Echo, despite some of the sums being quoted here, um, we can only you know echo the sem- sentiment when the fun stops. Stop. This is no way us telling you to start staking like this. This is just us speaking to a professional um, about his betting tactics and and the way he's got to where he is. Um, are there any you know just to show the other side of the coin, maybe just so that people don't take this too um, you know that advice too quickly? Are there any big losers that stick, stick in your mind? The ones that really stick? Oh, that's a question. Um, don't really have many losers, to be honest. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I've, I've many losers. Don't worry about that. Um, yes, yeah, so I backed uh, Sunderland to go down um, two or three years on the trot. Um, my opinion was stronger and stronger every year. They they didn't have enough to stay up in the, the Premier League. Yeah, from the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I did my money sort of two of those three seasons um, when they were they were basically probably went to one to thirty three to get relegated with about three months of the season left. Changed the manager. I think Allardyce come in one year and Decanio come in the other year and they suddenly start winning, playing <laughs> other teams at the right times and, yeah, just staying up. Do you, um, were you on when they did go down? Yes. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I kept the faith. <laughs> All right, so we've heard a few stories from Adam's past. We now know who Adam is. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, send any questions you have to us, whether it's about his previous experiences or his strategies or anything you want to know from the view of a pro um, but now it's time to get into the nitty-gritty of the tips. Uh, and we're going to kick off with the Premier League. Um, so, Adam, who is your, or what is your bet from this weekend's Premier League football? Uh, my bet this week on the Premier League is Wolves draw no bet at Palace. 10 to 11, I think. Is that 10 to 11? Yeah, yeah I'll double-check the price. Um, yeah, I think Wolves are a proper side. Um, they've only lost once, and that was at Leicester in a game they could have won. Dominated possession, um, drawn with City and United. Um, I just think everything's so controlled with them. Neves and Matinho in the midfield. Um, they, they strike me as a European side. Um, they just strike me as a team that is above their level. And I wouldn't rule them out finishing the top six. I think they're really good. Um, their defence was a, a concern for me going into the season um, in terms of the individuals, like Ryan Bennett and Connor Cody playing in that back three. But they seem to have taken to the Premier League really well um, and yeah I mean they've not conceded many goals and yeah just everything just seems so sort of yeah as I say controlled and, and in their you know in their control What's the what, what's the uh, you know the, the thinking we're going to draw no bet here rather than just back them to win Well because it could be nil-nil I feel um, I feel that Wolves potentially would take draws away from home um, at least for the first half of the season and it's just it's just getting that extra sort of security, really, in case it is a draw. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do fancy him to win. Really, I, I mean, Palace. Um, 
you know, I think they're overrated by by the market at the moment. The, the market had had them in at the start of the season to finish twelfth on the spread in terms of their points total on the spreads, um, and I think that's possibly a bit higher than they should be. And that that kind of over overrate has um, has manifested itself in the prices for for matches um, every week as well. And uh, yeah, I just I mean, obviously Zahar is a massive threat for them, but I just think they're quite an average side really. If you compare them to Wolves, who are a proper side. Um, I think Wolves should be clear, clear favourites to win this game. I mean, they haven't scored at home this season. And games against Liverpool, Southampton and Newcastle, I and mean, they should have they should have scored against Newcastle, they should have won that game. But, um, yes, yeah, it's not great. Um, and I feel that Wolves can go there and, and win. Wolves only conceded one goal in the last four games as well. Yeah. And there have got to be concerns about Crystal Palace's striking options, whether or not Benteke is fit. Exactly, yeah. So 10 to 11, um, Wolves are uh, on odds check at best price. That's with Marathon Bet. Uh, or Betfred, um, but it, there is already blue on odds checker. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, so you'd have thought that's going to shorten up uh, as we get towards Saturday. Uh, that is a 3 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. On to the championship now, um, and you are siding with a home team here. I am, yes. Yeah, Swansea uh, to beat bottom side Ipswich. Um, and the reason of that is I think Swansea have gone under the radar a bit um, this season, they're up in seventh, um, adjusted well to the championship since their relegation, um, which isn't an easy thing. So they've had a big turnaround of players, but um, I just feel that they've, they've done really well. They've only conceded six goals, only Middlesbrough have conceded fewer. Um, and I just feel they might only need one goal to win this game. Um, they've been good in the last month. Uh, what impressed me most was the Millwall away game where they had that young lad sent off after 20 minutes, I think it was, 1-0 down. And come back to win two one at the end, which has shown great sort of team spirit, and um, and they've gone on from there. Really, they had a lot of injuries. They went up and played Stoke, lost one 0 when arguably they could have got a result from that um, against a very accomplished sort of Stoke eleven, um, and drawn with Forest and Middlesbrough, who are good sides, and then demolished QPR on the last 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 time out. Um, players coming back from injury. Um, yeah, I think I think Swansea are going to have a good season and possibly finish in the top six. Ipswich, their opponents, uh, still haven't won this season. Um, as an Ipswich fan, this is, this is a... Not, I was not, about to say, are we yeah. going to mention this? You are, so, I mean, Adam is an Ipswich fan, so he yeah. may know be, mo, more than most of us about their uh, start to the season. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we, we started actually okay. Um, new manager from Shrewsbury, Paul Hurst, um, started okay. I thought we were kind of unlucky to draw games that we, we drew, should have won them. But, um, but since the first couple of weeks, we've, we've kind of gone downhill, really. And, uh, and really, we should have lost at Birmingham last time. Uh, 22 shots they had to our seven. I think they hit the post a couple of times in the second half. I didn't go to that game, actually. But um, some friends said that, yeah, we were, we were really lucky to get a 2-2 draw there. And, um, yeah, we were dreadful on, on Tuesday night at home to Biddlesborough. Um, 2-0 down inside 20 minutes after which they just shut up shop and we wouldn't have scored in a month of Sundays um, so yeah I mean the striker situation's bad we've got one striker basically Caden Jackson who we signed from Accrington um, whether he can make the step up remains to be seen but if he doesn't then we're, we're literally down to the bare bones we've got no one else um, so yeah it's not I mean I'd, I'd be, you know in terms of how many goals Swansea have conceded I'd be surprised if we if we scored and I think they will so I think the prices should be I mean, what price it now? 10, 10 to 11. 10 they to 11, are, yeah. Um, think, yeah, yeah that is, uh, that's definitely worth I think it should be about 4 to 6. Should be about 4 to 6. And then you've also mentioned, uh, you'd be surprised if they score, so I may as well just flag up that Swansea uh, to win to nils just shy of 2 to 1. Yeah, we'll put you off that. Yep. 
Um, and, you know, two interesting managers here, Paul Hurst, who's, who's coming from Shrewsbury with a big reputation, having done absolute wonders there and at Grimsby before. And then obviously Graham Potter from Swansea. Do you, I mean, how much do you read into um, managers and following their careers? Because I know some Shrewdies out there will, you know, almost follow a manager more than follow a club. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, yeah, I'll t- take into account what they've done at previous clubs. But obviously it was such a step up um, to the championship from, from Shrewsbury and, uh, and yeah, it was. It was you, you've kind of got the jury's out, isn't it? When when a manager makes a move of that type, and yeah, it's just got to sort of look at the available evidence of of what how he's getting on at the new club, and it's sadly not great at the moment. And just generally, kind of as betting strategy goes, mm. say uh, you back a winner here, and, and Hurst is sacked early next week, and they bring in a manager with with the kind of a varying track records. How would you be happy to? Uh, you know, to, to reevaluate Ipswich in terms of who the manager is, or would you want to wait and see how the initial results go on? I mean, I, I'd say that um, a change of manager has less impact, and change of players has le- less impact than I think the market changes more than it should do. Um, but yeah, of course, it's going to change. You know, it's going to change. But but yeah, in answer to your question, I will I will I will watch games and, and see what changes the managers are making and what players change. And you know, what tactical changes they're making before um you know before before making any big bets after after that so if Allardyce comes into Ipswich next week and the yeah. market moves massively in their favor would that be something you'd look to exploit or absolutely I'd look to get against them yeah yeah um but not gonna yeah. happen <laughs> but, uh, no well hopefully it won't happen but um but uh but yeah I'll obviously you know take into account that yeah he's solid and we might concede less goals and stuff like that but yeah generally it's a case of wait and see yeah. And, and as an Ipswich fan, um, I know for a fact there have been occasions where you've been at Portman Road or, or, or travelled in, in the away fans and uh, there have been a couple of goals you've had to watch go in that, that have cost you a few quid. Yeah. What's, well, what's, what's the reaction? No, no, no. But I just you've got to separate um, being a fan and being a punter, basically. Um, I mean, I've, I've bet against Ipswich many times down the years and uh, I still cheer them, you know, to the hilt. Um, yeah, business is business. What, what would what would the cost be to make you kind of sit down in the in the you know and curse and curse the goal going in? <laughs> well, I, I I mean it under Mick McCarthy, the last manager. Um, we were going to finish mid table, whatever happened. You know, we we weren't good, we weren't bad enough to go down. We weren't good enough to get in the top top six. So that that was that was a time when when I did want my bets to win. Yeah, yeah, and also I wanted him, you know, sacked potentially as well. So um, I, I was I wasn't that unhappy if we conceded a late winner and I'd back the other team, for sure. Well, as a more recreational punter, I think the Ipswich must be comfortably my uh, my biggest losing team. Every, seen, every time I seem to uh, get against you guys, you seem to pull out a, a performance out of the hat. Yeah. And, uh, we tended and to do that under McCarthy. But. Yeah, well, in that case, maybe we should be... Well, under McCarthy, it's only going one way yeah. under Hurst, isn't it, so far? Um, so there you go. So Swansea and uh, Wolves draw no bet are the main two selections, um, one from the Premier League, one from the, from the uh, Championship. We're now going to move on to a goals-related bet. So this could be anything from a BTTS to an under-over to a first goal scorer. Just something on, on those kind of special markets you can find on OddsChecker in all games. Um, Adam has been looking through uh, and he's going to come out with his best value bet. Yep, so um, we're going with over two and a half goals in the Leeds v Brentford game on Saturday lunchtime. I always like to have a bet in the lunchtime Saturday game to get us off to a flyer for the weekend. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll go, we'll go with that. I mean, um, it's a bit of a tentative one. It probably shouldn't be much shorter than four to six. I think it's four to six. Um, but yeah, we'll go with that. A bit of three to four with Marathon. Bet. three, four, nice. Okay. Well, um, yeah, just the majority of um, these teams' games have had over two and a half goals in them so far this season. Both teams love to attack. 
um, Leeds especially. Um, they seem to batter teams, Leeds, without scoring as many goals. They, you know, their XG is huge, um, and as is Brentford's. And I'm not sure their defences are too good. So yeah, it's over two and a half is a simple looking winner there. I mean, does it worry you at all that when I mean, you say Leeds' defence look all that? I mean, they've conceded eight goals this season. I mean, is that yeah. just one of those where the opposition's good enough? That... Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, and also, I think that Leeds, um, you know, they, they're playing that style where the early days are going to be very much positive and um, it's such high energy and such high press, whether they can keep it up um, through the season uh, remains to be seen. And I'll just be a bit sort of careful um, back in Leeds sort of every week going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the moment they're they're you know they're good. I mean, in the in the championship winner market, I know you do obviously bet antipost, and we'll have a couple of chats um, about antipost markets in the future. But West Brom are eleven and four favourites to win the championship. Leeds nine to two, Middlesbrough nine to two, Brentford seven to one, um, Sheffield United a massive variation in prices there. Uh, bet Victor have them five to one, whereas they're as big as nine to one elsewhere. Mm. Uh, Villa twenty five to one, thirty three to one. Bar these are your best prices on, on odds checker. Um, where would you? I mean, if you, if you think Leeds are maybe vulnerable, who do you look at? I think there? West Brom are worthy favourites now. Yeah, they've they've kind of come back from uh, from a dodgy start, haven't they? And um, yeah, they've and they've got. You, I think you're only as good as your strikers in the championship, and they've got good ones. Um, so as long as Gael Rodriguez keeps scoring, I think they've got a very good chance of winning the win the championship. Eleven to four, probably about right. Um, oh, I do like Sheffield United. They they you know they play expansive football. They're scoring at will. Um, I think they're, they're, they're definitely finishing the top six. Um, With the strike force of Clark, McGoldrick and, and Sharp. Really Sharp, yeah. It? It's quick. Quick. Well, it's about my age, about 100. <laughs> yeah, I know. But experience is important as well. And um, yeah, it's going well for them at the moment. McGoldrick, obviously, a free transfer from Ipswich yeah. in the summer. And what a, what a signing that's been. Yep. Um, finally, um, the vulnerable Fav. So looking for Adam to maybe tell us one of those people that might be a bit of a coupon buster over the weekend. One to avoid for your Rackers, yeah. Um, so this week, that would be Arsenal, four to six, short at Fulham. Um, I'd say, I'd usually, on this market, I'd say, I'm saying on this uh, subject, I'd say Man United um, more often than not, just because they're, but I can't be having Newcastle at the moment. So, um, yeah, we'll leave that alone. But yeah, Arsenal at Fulham. XG against Arsenal has been really high. Um, last two home league games, they've beaten Everton and Watford 2-0, but arguably they should have lost, let alone drawn those games. Um, Everton and Watford both missed really good chances. And Watford's XG was about three, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. They, yeah, they really should have. I mean, I was on the Asian, uh, Watford plus one, so that was a bit of a sickener. Yeah. Um, two go- late goals, one own goal. Um, yeah, so uh, I think Arsenal have been very lucky recently, um, and they're in partic- potentially a higher position than they should be. Um, Fulham, I've been a bit disappointed with Fulham this season, I must say. Um, I thought they'd be as good almost as Wolves. Um, but yeah, Wolves are, are a, cut, a cut above Fulham so far. Um, I just worry about Fulham's defence. Um, and I think there probably will be goals in this game um, because they bo- both teams love to attack. But I just feel that with Mitrovic, he will relish playing against Mustafi and holding. Um, and if they can get the service into him, I fancy I fancy Fulham to score one or two goals, and that could be enough to to scupper the uh, the Arsenal win. So Arsenal are best price four to six, uh, and that's what Adam's saying to avoid. It's interesting hearing you talking about Arsenal there, and and you know maybe their their results being flattering compared to their performances. And you also mentioned earlier that um, that you think Wolves might be one to finish in the top six. Um, so we may as well have a quick look at that now. And and Arsenal are two to nine to finish in the top six. The short is nine on. 
uh, with one with one firm to do so, and Wolves eleven or two with Bet three six five. Could that be a, a sweet squeeze? Oh, you know which one I'd rather be on out of those two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd be with Wolves there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd I'd on a on a neutral ground at the moment between Arsenal and Wolves. I really wouldn't have too much in it. Arsenal would still be jollies, but it would be close. Anyone else vulnerable in that top six? Um, in terms of the top, si- in terms of top four, Man United definitely vulnerable. In terms of the top six, um, no, I, I'd say Arsenal are the most vulnerable. So you still think United can finish top six? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So Manchester United uh, as big as four to eleven to finish in the top four, which does seem pretty big considering. Um, well, I thought for the, at the beginning of the season, but who knows who's going to be their manager come the end of it? Um, top four finish, United are eleven to four. Um, and we've got uh, Arsenal at nine to five, Wolves forty to one. Could they could they break into that top four or one step too far? I think top four is possibly a bit bit um, ambitious, but I mean at forties, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I'd say it's a pretty decent price actually. Yeah. You know, it's a value loser, isn't it? That one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something I'm very good at. Something I, I know very very well. <laughs> um, well, cheers, Adam. I mean, if people want to want to tweet you directly, can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, at Chengi001, C-H-E-N-G-Y-001. And if you want to, uh, to you know, if you want to ask Adam any questions whatsoever, uh, make sure that you tweet us at OddsCheckIt and we'll get him to answer them next week. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes and everywhere we can find your normal podcasts. And you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. No videos this week, but in the coming weeks, we'll do maybe a couple of question and answer sessions on our YouTube channel where we can video Adam answering your questions about punting, about the weekend's football, or whatever else you want to know. Fingers crossed, we've got some winners for you. Just to recap, he has uh, Adam has tipped up Wolves draw no bet against Crystal Palace, Swansea to beat Ipswich at home, over two and a half in the Leeds-Brentford game, and finally, the vulnerable favourite is Arsenal, who travel to Fulham. Uh, so make sure you yeah, review the, the pod uh, and rate us if you do enjoy it, and make sure you subscribe, and we'll be back next week review his tips tell more stories about his punting career answer any questions and come back with four more tips